You're listening to Ouija Brats. This is Liz. This is Devin. Devin, would you rather have a story about a kidnapped lieutenant governor or a ghostly mayor? Oh, my gosh. I should say, which one do you want first? Because you're going to get both. I get get both, don't I? I Mm -hmm. want to hear about the kidnapping, and I'm going to save the ghost for a second. Okay. That's your dessert. Ghost dessert. dessert. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. This is a story from 1929. This is a story of William B. Kinney, K-I-N-N-E, who was the lieutenant governor of Idaho. And he was driving along from Lewiston to Orofino. I just realized normally we talk about what political party somebody is when we talk about them being a congressman or a governor, but I have no idea. I guess it's not tremendously pertinent here but they did it wasn't a political kidnapping yeah right yeah going to the same place my friend yeah so he's driving along the the snake river highway from lewiston to orofino when four guys with guns step into the road and he slams on the brakes just like we were talking about the wrath from witches no Mm -mm. pull them over or like you said you set the world record for traveling backwards in a car yeah yeah but he stops and they hijack the Idiot. car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's why he's not governor. He's yeah, just lieutenant just governor. Lieutenant. Yeah, you're just the little governor. Idiot. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fucking easy ass job. Just. I like whatever. that you channeled Napoleon Dynamite for an Idaho topic. <laughs> that fits. God. Lieutenant governor, come get some ham. <laughs> Come get some ham, William B. Kinney. No dag it. <laughs> what are you gonna do today, William B. Kinney? Whatever I want, jeez. Whatever I feel like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Please continue. So he's he's driving along and they drag him out from behind the steering wheel. They force him into the back seat and onto the floor, and they drive away at high speed, which, you know, it's 1929, so that means 60 miles an hour. <laughs> 16. One six miles an hour. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're going about 60 is the estimate, so, you know, a mile a minute. I was reading a memoir of bootlegging in Washington where it didn't have any specific stories that really would fit the show, but he did talk a lot about how the tires back then were not good <laughs> and the roads back yeah. then were not good. So, like, most of <laughs> yeah. what you were trying to do is not blow out your stupid tires all the time. <laughs> Which I bring up because during this kidnapping – the front tire blows out oh, yes. and they end up in a ditch, which is not what you want to do when you're stealing somebody's car with a politician inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wreck the car and uh, two people roll up. There's um, a lumberman and a building and loan association officer. There's Warren and there's Paul. Okay. And Warren and Paul stop because they're like, oh, no, this car is wrecked. What are we going to do? Now, the lieutenant governor and the kidnappers have already gotten out of the wrecked car, and they're standing in the field. And when Warren and Paul walk up, the kidnappers are like, we're taking your car now. Because <laughs> never help anyone, apparently. Yeah, never help anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they resist and there's a struggle and there's, you know, people are shot. Um, oh. They hit poor Paul in the legs and they beat him and they oh. knock them unconscious and steal their car. Rude. Rude. I'm yeah. sad for Paul. He was probably the loan officer, too. 
Just this little milk toast of a man. Just the yeah. first time he got his, you know, big boy pants on and he was going to square off. And the man gets <laughs> just run through the ringer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So th- so now they have three victims and they load them into the car. Wait, which, all of them? <laughs> yeah, all of them. They have seven people in one car. <laughs> this is how we got to and from drama rehearsals in high school. Yeah, exactly. It's very like, I don't know. Just oh, get, p- take them with us, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's unconscious. Just knock them both unconscious and leave them in the wrecked car, you dingbats. Yeah. People, the police will pull together that story and you'll have more time. Yeah. But anyway. no, this, they were like, I guess take them with us. They're an asset at this point. They're like doing some 1929 video game where they're like, this might come in handy later. <laughs> Who knows? It's like the Oregon Trail. Yeah. <laughs> Just skin all of them. Skin even the yeah. squirrels. We don't know when we'll need the pelts. <laughs> you were only able to bring back 400 pounds of hostage to your car. <laughs> Big Paul was a skinny little twerp. <laughs> so they um, <laughs> they apparently think better of this as they're going along because they yeah. pull off into the foothills after a certain point and they tie all three of them to a tree and drive away, leaving somebody standing guard over them. And uh, <laughs> wait, they tied so, up all three hostages. Yes. Well, okay. They tie them all to a tree and they leave somebody guarding there, and the rest of them um, <laughs> are. Go away someplace. <laughs> After about four hours, they come back and they're like, if you try to escape, we're going to kill you. And then all of them get in the car and drive away. I'd be like, dude, just shoot me. This is the most tedious kidnapping ever. Yeah. I've been tied to a fucking tree for four hours. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you not feel like you just go, you guys don't know what you're doing. Would you, you like some input? No. Can I recommend something here? What is this, Fargo? You're like the kidnappers in a, yeah. <laughs> in a like, Coen Brothers film. Are you open to some constructive criticism? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're very good at this. So they steal $14 from Lieutenant Governor. They okay. steal $200 from, let's see, from Warren. Ooh. But what they don't notice is that Warren has a pen knife in his pocket. All right. Because they're so good at this. They're so good at it. And, and which means that they can um, cut themselves free. And because these guys are criminal masterminds, yeah. while they were with their hostages, they discussed the fact that they were going to Pierce in order to rob a bank and they needed a getaway vehicle. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh my god. Yeah, do your big supervillain speech right now while you're back right? to the door of your lair. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> So the hostages were like, okay, I guess we'll go pass this information on. Yeah. Um and promptly they then, you know, everyone's informed in um in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Montana, everybody hears about what's been going on, and they're told what car to look out for. You know, they get the description of the car. Yeah. They say that they're, you know, the kidnappers are 18 to 25 years old. They're very desperate, quote unquote, and they're armed. Uh, they, I don't know if it said, you know, and not that bright. And not that but- bright is implied, <laughs> right? Yep. And everybody gets really into this. They're really excited. And I don't know whether it's because the lieutenant governor was involved or it was there was just not a lot happening in June of 1929 that was that entertaining. But they're basically everybody 
becomes part of this search effort. Oh my god. Uh, including they fly in a pack of bloodhounds to <laughs> to participate in this. And they're searching the entire area, thousands of people searching, and I don't know why they can't find these chuckle fucks, frankly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so finally um, the Lataw County deputy is searching by the railroad tracks two days later and sees some people sleeping by there. And he's like, all right, get out of here. And he identifies them and is like, aha, um, they match the description. Okay. And I have to tell you, so there's one guy has bright red hair and his name is Edward Fliss, but his alias is Frank Red Lane. Okay. Very creative. Super creative. He's 24. Then we've got the other guy. Oh, man, can I get through this without laughing? No. He's tall and blonde. He's 20 years old. <laughs> no, I'm losing it. <laughs> and his name, his name is Engolf Snortland. <laughs> what? <laughs> Engolf Snortland. <laughs> his parents are the worst. No wonder he went to a life of crime. I isn't that awful? Yeah. Engolf. Engolf. Get over here, Engolf. <laughs> Mr. Snortland. <sighs> Mr. Snortland could have been a hog farmer. Yep. He could have sold pillows or sleep apnea masks. <laughs> mm, I don't know what yeah. Engolf could have done other than he should have been a firefighter, probably. Yes. There you go. But um, then, you know, some farm boys find another one of the gang members. And when they call the, the sheriff, they find the fourth guy. So they've now arrested right. um, everybody. They, they rounded up they've the gang. They've engulfed them all. They've engulfed them. They've got um, Albert Reynolds, who's 24. And they've got, um, they follow this up on a tip. So there's technically, there's four kidnappers, but there was a fifth guy who kind of masterminded it. All right. So they found um, Robert Livingston, who's 19, and Seattle George Norman. Seattle George oh. is his nickname. Seattle well known George. to the police, apparently. Seattle George. Uh, because there was a guy who owned a dairy who says, yeah, just after 6 a.m., I sold some milk and bread and jam. To some scruffy guys. <laughs> and I don't trust them. And that's how they... So they find these guys because they got sleepy and hungry. And... Oh, <laughs> they were, they'd had enough. Yeah, this they did had. not work out well. Um, they certainly didn't rob a bank. Uh, they, they, they never did never get around to that. <laughs> yeah, every everything fell apart well before that. Um so Seattle George Norman, Seattle George is like the, the ringleader of this, but right. um, the uh, Warren and Lieutenant Governor show up at the jail and they're like, yeah, it's these guys. That's yeah. the guy who shot Paul in the legs. This is the guy who guarded us. Livingston, what did they call him? Oh, they called him the baby bandit because he was 19. Little guy. Okay. Yeah. And. It says he broke down immediately when they questioned him. Oh, honey. Then <laughs> he made a full confession. And yeah, they all 
back this up where it was like, yeah, the plan was we were going to get a getaway car and do a bank robbery. And yeah. we were not actually trying to kidnap anybody. Oh, man. <laughs> but after they found themselves suddenly in possession of three hostages, apparently sometime in that four-hour window was a lot of discussion about what to do. And they got cold feet and they called <laughs> called yeah. it off. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, picked up Seattle George and drove around for a while and they got nervous about driving this car that they had stolen. So they all got out and started walking around. And that's when they got sleepy and hungry. Yeah. And then they just they just wanted some toast and jam. (laughs) They were done. Would kind of make an adorable, you know, Peter. It still feels like a story. Yeah, it feels like a Coen Brothers thing still. Yeah, it does. Like, it does. It's a very oh brother where art thou kind of moment. Isn't it? Yeah, oh man, they all sound about like Delmar. Yep. <laughs> yep. So they um they're they're taken to court. They're going to the Nez Perce County District Court. And um so the guy who did the shooting of the legs gets twelve to twenty-five years. The other guys get 11 to 25, 10 to 25. The baby bandit gets one to 25 and a stern lecture from the judge. Yeah. Um, And they, (laughs) yeah. And George Norman pled guilty to being an accessory after the fact, because much like Manson, like he wasn't actually there. So the sentence you can give him is different. Yeah. But here's, here's what the judge said that I liked. The only crime you may be charged with is being an accessory after the fact on which the maximum punishment is two years. Thus, you are escaping with a light sentence while your tools get a heavier one. Tools, that's rude. It's really rude. (laughs) If you ever appear before me again, you will get the maximum sentence for whatever crime you are charged with. We haven't room in this country for men of your type. (gasps) Yeah. Judge Hard Nose. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, So, two two postscripts to this so some of them you know serve some of their time in boise in the idaho state pen kinney doesn't live that much longer he has uh um his appendix goes and they don't get him to the hospital in time edward fliss who's the redheaded guy he gets a full pardon i don't know why but the governor pardons him maybe the governor didn't like the lieutenant governor very much there you go um and he actually is now getting prepared to star in another story I'll do at some time. Have you ever heard of the Wirehauser kidnapping? No. Yeah. So in 35, they kidnap a nine-year-old heir to a fortune. Oh, wow. And th- because he met up with some guys in the pen. And I imagine yeah. they were like, what are you in for? And he was like, well, kidnapping by accident. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. would you like to make some actual money at this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we'll get to that later. And But the point is, when he is in this trial for the second kidnapping, he's talking about his past crimes, and he says the kidnapping of the lieutenant governor wasn't a real kidnapping. We just forced him to ride with us for a couple hours, and when they found out who he was, we let him go. <laughs> <laughs> there was no ransom money involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really just making really good friends really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, if, if being in a car going someplace you didn't want to go was kidnapping, we've all been victims of that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? 
Seriously. Oh, I want to give credit on this. This is mostly drawn from an article by somebody named Daryl C. McClary, who posted it on historylink.org. And job, uh, I looked into some other resources, but his was the best. So thank you, Daryl, for that excellent write-up of a very strange episode. Yeah. What a weird non-crime. I mean, crime. Yeah. But gentle, all things considered. I mean, the guy, I guess the guy got shot and knocked out and everything. But I guess it's just the fact that they, they fell asleep with full bellies and one of them was the baby bandit that I'm kind of willing to go, oh. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where you kind of imagine what it must have been like from Seattle, Georgia's perspective, where he yeah. gets these young men and he's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to steal a car. You're going to rob a bank. Yeah. And then we're going to all have a bunch of money. And... He then is waiting for this plan to get executed, and they pull up, and they're like, well, the good news is we do have a car. The bad news <laughs> is we have three extra people and no plan. <laughs> you know? like <laughs> Also $218. Yes, $218, which none of them managed to keep. It was just in the car. When they ditched the car, they oh, didn't God. take it with them. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Little babies. Not the best, not the best, but I love the idea of a baby bandit. I think I, that's very cute. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like how ridiculous it is, too, that like one of them is 20 and one of them is 19. So that one's the baby. That's the baby. <laughs> yep. There's yep. really no difference. Mm -hmm. However. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's the story of when they kidnapped the lieutenant governor. All there right. Was just no political intent whatsoever. Well, just happened to grab him. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. I mean, I yep. think that statistically that's going to happen, right? Is you're going to do a random kidnapping, and at some point you're going to get someone who's noteworthy. I wonder if there's some famous kidnapping that went down like that, where they were like, oh, no. <laughs> that's not what we were trying to do at all. I just wanted a random child, not the Lindbergh baby. Oh, crap. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that one's a sad one, too. It is. Another kind of baby bandit. <laughs> oh. Too soon. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <sighs> okay. So, one kidnapping. Okay. One one ridiculous Manitou-level competence kidnapping. Oh, man. And then a story of a missing mayor that is a little darker, a little more serious, a little sadder. Uh, so... It's also a ghost smiling. story. I'm just yeah. I'm really excited, but I'm grinning. <laughs> Calm down. Ghosts come from sad things, okay? <laughs> Jeez. I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> you make me seem so insensitive. <laughs> Devin. Devin, don't laugh. <laughs> stop it. Stop. <laughs> stop laughing. You're on ass. What's wrong with you? Oh, I lost it. <laughs> you did. Thank God. I had it for a minute there. Oh my God, Liz, tell me this really sad, sad story. Oh, Liz, just... we're going to hell, Devin. Yeah, we are. Oh no. This okay. Tragic thing that happened. <laughs> no, but you're making it too sexy. Ah. Mm, this tragic thing happened, Liz. Oh, Okay. All so, about it. No, I'm not these, done. I'm not done with this voice. Zip it. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Uh, these two stories are connected because they're politician stories. I'm just going to talk over you because I can delete you later. <laughs> I have powers. I was so wrong to let you be the mm-hmm. editor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Continue. an excellent 19-teens. <laughs> Start over. Start over. Sorry. In the tradition of excellent 1900s names, okay. we are talking about somebody whose name is Grover R. Percival. Isn't that good? <laughs> wow. Guess how good a mustache he had. It was pretty awesome. Was it walrus levels of good? It's pretty good. All right. It's pretty good. Yeah. So he was the mayor of Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, not British Columbia, which, you know, is right across the river from Portland. Gotcha. So he was the mayor of Vancouver, and he had done one term, and he was good. So it was going to be the very last day that he was mayor and the next day um john p kiggins i guess was taking over as mayor all right the thing is that last day of his term as a mayor he's seen walking around there had they just opened the interstate five bridge it was called the interstate bridge back then okay uh this was it had just opened a couple years before and he had supported the project. He had uh, been a city councilor and supported the bridge. It caused controversy then, just like any big construction project causes sure. controversy. But this was something that was sort of an emblem of his, you know, his time as a politician. It was a good thing that had been done. It was put in place so that 100 years later, Liz could accidentally drive over the border from Oregon to Washington. Oh, man, how many times did you do that? Freaking A. More than once. Uh, (laughs) It's, yeah. So they have the Interstate 5 bridge. It's new. He is seen walking in Vancouver and onto the bridge, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Headed toward Portland. Is that correct? Yeah. Headed toward Portland. Then they see him wander back across. Okay. And then later that day, they see him on 26th Street, which I don't know how that relates to where the bridge is. But basically, okay. he's seen on this last day wandering around town. His last day as mayor of Vancouver. He's wandering around and he's spotted on the bridge. Okay. After that, nobody sees him. No way. Yeah. Uh, he disappears. And the new mayor takes over because, you know, at least they've got a new guy. Yeah. So they don't have to try to find a replacement. But they start to worry so on October 17th, 1920, is when he disappears. October 18th, they close all the stores downtown, and hundreds of people from Vancouver divide into search parties, and they go looking for him. And there's various people who have said, you know, I saw him around here, I saw him around there. There's a lot of false leads. Mm-hmm. And they're not able to turn him up until November 22nd, when there's a Portland person who's shortcutting through the wilderness and finds the mayor's body hanging from a tree. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, what contemporary reports say is that there's every reason to believe that he took his own life, right? Like he's still, he hasn't been robbed. He still has his watch and cufflinks and he still has his money. But some people say, what if he didn't? Yeah. Because the night before he vanished, he seemed nervous and he had attended a port commission meeting. So he was clearly, you know, he's a political guy. He's involved in decisions. Anytime a politician disappears like that, you're a little concerned. But given that he wasn't going to run again, 
And you're like, well, you know, this was the last day he would have had any power to wield. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. And I certainly don't buy all the, you know, how it is when somebody takes their own life. Oh, he had no reason to die. He had, you know, he had money and he had family and he wasn't depressed about the election. It's like, yeah, that's not how depression works. (laughs) Yeah, that's not how depression and suicide works. Right. So they buried him in Park Hill Cemetery. They never had an inquest. They said, okay, this is obviously suicide. Wow. And now I'm just so when surprised you, because yeah, he was he was still a sitting mayor, presumably mm-hmm. when he was hanged. Um, yeah, and also you said that there were opponents to the big thing he did during his term. So right, right, and then he disappears across the bridge. Yeah. You know, he he walks away from the town he's mayor of across the bridge that he championed. Yeah, and is found dead. Yeah, that's really something. So I would have had now. Yeah. Now people drive across the bridge at night and they see the tall, slender man with the black overcoat and the felt hat walking south across the bridge. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude. Can we take Mm -hmm. a road trip? I mean, that's a morbid reason for a road trip, but whatever. (laughs) I'm all about it. Well, apparently it's always on fall nights and it's always on the old parts of the bridge. Okay. And like you, you're always talking about the energy and the residual yeah. stuff. It's like, well, is he repeating his last walk? Yeah. Is he spending time on the thing that was important to him and that's yeah. his legacy? Or is he replaying where he was when he died and he was attacked, maybe? Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Dude. Could be all Isn't of Isn't that those weird? Things. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird, but I, I love it. Of course I love it. I mean, it's a ghost, so that was a stupid thing mm-hmm. to say, but oh, man. It's just a weird one to me that mm-hmm. he would wrap up his term and with no indication, just walk across the bridge and kill himself. Yeah. You're like, that's just a weird one. Yeah. I don't, I mean. It's not impossible. No. I've heard, what, eight minutes of this story, but I don't buy it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have said foul play all the way. I don't think he yeah. hanged himself. Yeah, well, you know, people see him walking around. He's in a, he seems to be in a good mood. Not that that means anything. Sometimes people get in a good mood before they take their own yeah, lives right? because they're feeling relieved. But yeah. it's just odd. It's just an odd one. And now yeah. there's this ghost that people say they see. Wow. I wonder if anybody's seen it on foot or if it's always when they're driving. You know, it's. That's a good question. Yeah. Can you walk over that part of the bridge? Do you know? I don't know. No. Um, yeah. Is it, I mean, that's not the same as the Bridge of the Gods, is it? No. Okay. I don't think so. Um, I don't know that area very well at all, apparently. So it goes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Um, yeah. Oh, how cool, though. Mm-hmm. How cool. Yeah. It, it was weird. Uh, there were, yeah, rumors of foul play for political purposes and... That's all we know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a well, if, good mysterious one to kind of end an episode on because it's just the right amount of spooky. Yeah. If it, um, one thing actually, there, is there's, I've never heard of Kalama or Kalama. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this place still exists or if it got renamed. Let me check real quick, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard of like Kalamath. Yeah, this is... Oh, I guess it exists. It's a really tiny 
logging town with about 2,300 people in Cowlitz County. Okay. Okay. Now I know a thing. Um, but so his son was trying to find him and was asking around. And apparently there was a barber in Kalama who was almost certain that he had given the mayor a shave Tuesday after his disappearance. So he's last seen Sunday. They start looking Monday. And this guy says that he he gave him a hot towel shave on Tuesday. Hot towel shave. We'll see. And then that starts to make me, if, if he really saw the mayor, then I would have said, okay, well, then he did commit suicide because why else would you just up and disappear and leave? Clearly he had a son, you know, he had mm-hmm. family. Um, so he wasn't met with foul play on the eve of his um, leaving office. Yeah, but I guess from what I gathered, hang on. It said that he was found kind of by Hayden Island, Oregon. So why would he go get shaved at a different town? You know, why would he yeah. not get a hot shave at in Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. If it happened at all, I don't if know. It, yeah. No, my yeah. thought is that wasn't him. It was a different guy. The bar, the bartender. How about bartender? Yeah, right. The barber could be both small town. Yeah, right. right. I think you do more than one job in a small town. (laughs) Barber didn't know who he was talking about, and uh, poor mayor was killed by someone. That's my. (sighs) I'm gonna just totally throw out that piece of evidence because it doesn't fit my narrative. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Making decisions. Well, and you know, it is right by Portland. So if you see somebody going along acting weird in the top hat, that's not really that out of character. I mean, there's probably people who have seen many a dude in a long coat and a top hat on that bridge who were completely alive at the time. With a handlebar mustache. Right? Right? Yeah. It was like, was he shaking up a really elaborate cocktail that involved a shrub kind of drink? Like... (laughs) Who was it handcrafted? <laughs> Did it have to come in like an artisan copper mug? Yeah, were there pickled strawberries in it or something equally exhausting? Oh God, just mm-hmm. why would you pickle a fruit? <laughs> You're ruining two good things: pickles and fruit. <laughs> Screw you! <laughs> Not into it, Liz. Oh. <sighs> Well, there's your ghost story. I like That's it. That's what That's I got a good for ghost you. Story. Those are two mm-hmm. really good um, political figure stories. I like them. Both. I like it. That's my ghostly story. You've been listening to Ouija Broads. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, OuijaBroads.com, Instagram, Twitter. What else? Facebook. Facebook. That's right. And if you can rate, review, and subscribe, it's very helpful for us to reach other listeners. And certainly if you have links for our episodes that you want to share, we always love to see people, especially when they've got an episode that they're really excited about and they're tagging people they know. I find that so good. And yeah, we would like you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Don't be mad at us, Portland. Oh, man. (laughs) We love you, Portland. We love you, Portland. You're just really fucking weird. <laughs> That's all I'm like.